Welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. You can connect with me on IG at CBMK33, Twitter at Cody's Life One. Love to connect with you and engage, get some feedback on the show. Today, we're going to cover a few things. Uh, we're going to go over the 2020 uh, Democratic debate part two that was tonight. We're going to also cover another big bank deal uh, stirring up in Chicago few interesting segments. Obviously, we're going to focus on business and investments. Might even cap off with some NBA news. But stay tuned as we get into it. It is what it is. I came across an interesting article in Cranes Magazine written by Stephen Daniels. Uh, article is entitled, Another Big Bank Deal is in the Works. Uh, some of the highlights of the article, uh, the biggest local bank merger of the 2019 calendar and fiscal year is coming from byline bank Uh, byline is currently in negotiations to buy the parent of parkway bank and trust since going public byline has started with over three billion dollars in assets in 2017 increasing a billion dollars a year with the acquisition of first bank and trust of evanston and then another billion dollar increase with the acquisition of the parent community uh, bank of oak park river the deal talks also signal the bank's consolidation is not slowing down as uh, things have gone forward and the economy has evolved. Uh, mergers and acquisitions in the financial industry is becoming uh, the status quo. The problem or challenge that could arise is that Parkway's lending uh, is highly concentrated with 84% of its uh, loans uh, stirring are being stirred from uh, commercial real estate. This equating to $2.6 billion in loans coming from real estate ventures. This concentration would make Parkway one of Byline's riskiest acquisitions. My thoughts are, like any industry, you can grow three ways. Uh, the first one is you can grow organically. That is usually uh, through members, customers, uh, just long tenured brand appeal, uh, commitment to the brand, loyalty to the product. Uh, and that's one way. And then you have mergers and acquisition, which is probably the fastest way. Um, that is when you acquire or combine or partner with an existing firm uh, that broadens your reach or sharpens your depth. Uh, if it's in the same uh, facet in the same industry, if it's uh, trying to become vertically integrated, if it's trying to become more efficient, uh, and therefore partnering with things and logistical measures that can make you more efficient. In this case of banking, it's acquiring similar banks or banks to broaden your customer base and the horizons of the products and services that you could offer. Uh, and then the last um, growth channel is through products and services. Uh, the reality is you have to grow in order to keep from dying. Um, no organization can solely exist without growth. If you only focused on one or the other, I believe you do your organization, your entity, your body a disservice. You you have to grow organically. You have to grow through M&A activity and you have to go through products and services the, the, the company or the organization should always have in mind uh, the ability to understand its level of reach uh, and then assess that level of reach and understand its identity and where it wants to go from that identity, actually create a game plan 
that will properly uh, align yourself toward that goal. I mean, nothing is for sure, but if you could find another company that a partnership would create true value, then that is something you have to look into. So I think this is a great thing. The financial analysts, their concern is that with this possible acquisition, the stock price has not increased at all uh, since the release of his IPO. The share price uh, is down on average 2%, uh, which is creating an imbalance in value versus perceived value. Usually, what you see from M&A activity is that it will take a sudden dip that ultimately leads to a greater increase. So either the stock will split or it will dramatically increase. So it'll be a lot of stock buyback options. Uh, but there's usually an increase in valuation, not a uh, decrease uh, in valuation. So uh, for that to be the norm, uh, unfortunately, that's a, a bad sign. Uh, right now, the current price on the New York Stock Exchange and as that byline is hovering around $19. I believe as of today, uh, it's hovering around 1911 in USD, uh, which is only up about 1% uh, from its prior uh, or pre previous day. And, and, and this, this um, steady kind of hover, even though it's trending in the right way, suggests that there is stability with this acquisition, with this buy, uh, but that the true growth that is expected maybe not or will not be maybe realized on an investment side. This is one of those kind of long-term um, investments uh, that I don't see a dramatic, like I don't see it going from 19 uh, to 50, right, or 19 to 100, uh, at the high, and it, since his IPO release has only uh, really hit uh, around $24. So when you haven't really seen a dramatic fluctuation, there's good and there's bad to that. Uh, but overall, this is a great deal, great for the city of Chicago, uh, great for banking. It's going to send a signal to other banks that you have to compete. Uh, you have to grow. You cannot just rest on your laurels. And uh, this is a good move. Now, something that caught my attention is the releasing of the IPO of Hong Kong-based AMTD International Incorporated. Expects to price its IPO of 20.7 million shares or American depository shares between $8.10 and eight forty-eight apiece. Um, this is quite interesting, uh, just kind of its pricing and seeing that it's kind of an almost an undervalued stock, uh, which has to me the greatest potential uh, when you're looking at uh, acquiring a lot shares to potentially create a true value. Uh, the midpoint estimated price range and investment bank plans to use the proceeds to grow its businesses and infrastructure and finance potential acquisitions um, and investments. Uh, AMTD uh, Group uh, LTD uh, it's what is going. Uh, so this Hong Kong based company is going to hit soon the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, something to look out for, AMTD Group Company Limited, and I'm not supporting, endorsing in any way, shape, or form. This is just something to do your own research on and uh, kind of dig in and see if this is a good move for you. It's a non-bank uh, financial institution group that provides cross-border 
investment banking services in Asia. The company focuses on serving and connecting capital and resources across the Chinese mainland, Hong Kong, and internationally. Its services include capital markets and advisory, asset management, insurance, brokerage, and strategic investment. Like I said, this is something... If you're looking for a long-term investment that can produce a lot of growth, uh, check into this, do your research, uh, see, uh, speak with your financial advisor, uh, see if this is a good strategic move, uh, but definitely look into it. This is an interesting move by Amazon. Amazon has released its new credit card uh, that is targeting financially vulnerable consumers. Uh, in times past, secured credit cards backed by consumers' own deposits have played a minor element in the consumer lending business, but the product has been gaining more and more attention lately. Amazon has partnered with Synchrony to unveil its new secured card. Uh, how this brings shockwaves to the financial industry is because, obviously, being a non-depository, being a non-bank, a non-financial institution uh, that is now offering financial services, it is not regulated by the same confines and 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 parameters that the other uh, industries or the other institutions have to be regulated by and then addressing the issue of riskier borrowers by actually lending to them now opens up a new uh, flow of customers uh, the reality is more and more Americans um, have larger amounts of debt and it is getting trickier to lend to and Amazon taking the initiative to not isolate anyone, but actually to make an all-inclusive plan uh, that focuses on not leveraging debt, but making loans to people um, in a way that they can build their debt and not be penalized for their debt, or the way, be in a way that they can actually build their credit, excuse me, and not be penalized for their debt, is an amazing move. It's a strategic understanding, and I think it's in shockwaves because with a brand as powerful as Amazon and with the resources and facilities and and just logistical appeal that it has um, the only thing that is stopping itself from entering into the bank's space is itself if it were to enter it would cause instant disruption instant like <laughs> instant volatility but everything would be instantaneous um, i think it's going to be interesting in the next couple of years to see kind of what moves amazon does next uh, but i am definitely excited about the future Mayor Lightfoot has uh, started uh, her uh, initiative as far as business uh, progressive measures, uh, which is really insightful and, and something that I think is uh, honestly intriguing. Uh, pronounced the passage of what is being labeled the Fair Work Week Ordinance. And basically, uh, this mandates employers to give workers early notice of work schedules and poses fines if those schedules change unexpectedly now obviously this is hard because for whatever reasons depending on the industry depending on the need of the business uh, depending on a variety of circumstances and variables schedules can and will be changed this is probably dealing with non-salaried uh, or non-full-time employees but i think what it allows for is a less volatile uh, work not just environment but work economy uh, more understanding of expectations and transparency i believe this is a great measure not just a good measure it it, it forces i think uh clear uh conscious thought and something that is easily prescribed so that if there is 
a breakdown of communication or uh, agendas not being followed. Everything has been clearly stated, so there's no gray area. And I think what's end up hap- or what ends up happening a lot of times uh, is that there is a gray area, and unfortunately, this gray area is hard to decide what is causing uh, the termination or discipline of an employee. So it kind of closes that door. I think this is a good move in the right direction. I'm really excited for the passage of this. I really think that the this is a first step to major legislation as far as creating not necessarily a union, but definitely a guide and a body that can protect um, workers and can create the balance of shared power between the organization and the employees. And I'm all for this measure. I really give this one a thumbs up. So just got finished uh, watching the Stephen A. Smith and Carmelo Anthony interview. It was, or not it is, but it was intriguing. It was appealing. Uh, It was theatrical and a bit sad. Uh, If you look at his stats, uh, eight seasons with the Denver Nuggets averaged almost 25 points a game, 24.8 to be exact. Uh, his seasons with New York, he averaged 24.7. Seasons with OKC, he averaged 16.2. And his uh, little stint that he did in Houston, he averaged 13.4. So without a doubt that the stats that he has accomplished, that he's put up, he is a bona fide Basketball Hall of Famer. Uh, then again, you know, Basketball Hall of Fame isn't as strenuous like baseball and football uh, and that could be a good thing, but it's without a doubt Carmelo can play. He's a hooper. He's an all-star. Um, he's a superstar. Um, but he said something when he mentions not going to Miami with LeBron and Wade. He said it was an act of immaturity, that he had to grow and develop and learn the business of basketball. What I'm really gathering is that Carmelo is not currently on a team, not because he can't play. It's because his brand is is not as equitable as it has been. It's without a doubt that Carmelo is still a top 50 player in the league. He could be on somebody's roster today. Um, being in Chicago, he could be on the Bulls, and he could be a Bull starter. <laughs> so uh, uh, he he's, he's a hooper. He's a great hooper. But I think it's the brand equity. I, I, I think sometimes management or ownership sees – players like stock and they're willing to invest in it if there is either a long ROI, a long-term ROI, or if the volatility says that it can create great profit, great dividend. Uh, So uh, necessarily not winning championships like uh, James Harden, uh, but it has that Apple effect. It has that ability to create dividend. And then you have stocks like... uh, like LeBron, who is almost like a Berkshire Hathaway that does not necessarily pay out a dividend, but it's LeBron. You know, it just has enough gravity in and of itself that it doesn't have to. And then you have the Bitcoin of Golden State that just seems to come out of nowhere and just uh, create, you know, all type of, you know, breaking records of valuation. And I think when it comes to Carmelo's case, uh, he's unfortunately not seen as a blue chip stock. He's not seen as a Bitcoin. He's not seen as a great ETF. He's not even seen, unfortunately, as a uh, mutual fund or a bond. He, he's kind of seen as a yesteryear, uh, almost something that needs to be acquired. 
Um, and, and it's kind of sad because he should be in the league. But I think because he did not diversify his platforms into others, if you think about, you know, LeBron having a production company, Steph having a production company, now KD, you think about not just shoes, but uh, owning up, KD has, has gotten into a lot of tech startups and Silicon Valley, understanding that your marketability has to be beyond the court so that you can stay on the court. I think that to me is greater than the erroneous uh, narrative of his efforts. Uh, yes, uh, De Carmelo Anthony might have made some uh, mistakes in the past when he was a younger player. You know, all right, I'll give you that. But I, I don't think that's what's plaguing him. I think it's the it's the the understanding of can I get a true ROI on this investment? And because there's really he does not have a great platform anymore, um, it almost seems like the game has passed him by. But the reality is. He has enough skill. Now, Melo, ideally, I don't know if he's a 20-point scorer anymore. I don't know if he's a 25. I I don't believe he's 25 anymore. I don't know if he's at a 20. But I do believe he has what it takes to be on a championship team. I think the message that he has to create is one of humility. Uh, I think he has, whoever is representing him, has to partner up with like a Rich Paul I think he has to utilize um, the strategic relationships that he has created, hopefully has created, and position himself so that he can be of value and of uh, redeemable value to some organization. And I believe if he does this, he will find himself on a team. Uh, his expectations cannot be to start. His expectation has to be to compete. Uh, but I do believe that he deserves to be in the NBA. I do believe he is a superstar. I do believe he is a Hall of Famer. Uh, But the brand, his brand equity, he has to assess himself from a business standpoint and to me create enough interest. And that interview was a start. He needs to do other things. I think he needs to push uh, for his uh, uh, visibility. I think he needs to partner. If if he did a radical transformation and even um, to the point that he could draw attention away, I think he would be assured. Uh, so all hats uh, and prayers to Carmelo. I really think he needs to be in an NBA team, uh, preferably the Lakers, because I need LeBron uh, to get another championship this year. Uh, so the Federal uh, Reserve Bank has decided to cut or to lower their interest rates due to increased levies on uh, levy tariffs against all Chinese imports. Uh, One important backstop uh, for this move is that the Federal Reserve is looking to prepare to keep cutting rates if trade develops into significant headwind for growth. A great article uh, written by Jeff Cox of uh, CNBC uh, stated that basically because of Chairman Jerome Powell uh, decided to uh, lower the uh, interest rates as a move basically to counteract uh, foreign imports, uh, foreign tariffs on imports. And this evidence came about because there's a belief that the market that the central bank will move into action uh, if the executive arm of the United States government follows through on uh, their intentions to uh, increase tariffs on all Chinese goods entering into the U.S. 
uh, future traders who have been pricing in an in a coin flips chance uh, or a probable probability chance of a rate cut at the Fed September meeting has accelerated their bets after this tariff announcement was made. Um, basically, as a way to curtail and not uh, send the U.S. and global economy into a either tailspin or a um, wave of volatility, you basically lower interest rates so you can encourage traders and encourage lending uh, and encourage growth in that sector uh, because there's a fear that there's so much importation uh, foreign goods. This increased tariff uh, would actually lead to a price increase, which would decrease uh, consumption in goods and actually create a slowdown or a serious slowdown to economic growth. Uh, so this was a great move by Jerome Powell. I totally support this. I understand the necessity of this move, uh, but this is in a way to create balance and definitely not a, a complete solvent, but a definite uh, step in the right direction. All right, this is all the time I have. I'm grateful for another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. You can follow me at CVNK33 on Instagram. Connect with me on Twitter at Cody's Life One. Like, subscribe, let me know how you feel. I'm also now on Patreon. That will be coming out shortly. I have tiers of membership. Please become a member. Subscribe. Have some great content coming your way. Until next time, thanks.